You're listening to Excel, Whitfix, and Kind of Kenyan. Every week we analyze the latest international movies and shows we've watched with a modern-day woman's perspective. Today's quote of the day is by Isaac Newton. What we know is a drop, what we don't know is an ocean. So Whitfix, what's the name of today's show? Today's show is Season 1, Episode 3 of Dark, titled Past and Present. In this episode, the connection between the two timelines becomes clearer. Mads' 1986 disappearance continues to haunt the Nielsen family. The Teedmans investigate the power plant and Mads' disappearance. The Dopplers record some receipts and ask some hard-hitting questions, while the Conwalds build relationships. There's nothing left to it but to do it. Sort of, uh, this episode was really very interesting because we kind of start off with having uh, Mikael is in 1986 and one of the the um, moments that really caught my attention was when he goes into the school, this is the, school, the same school that he's always gone to and it seems to be the, the major high school at Linden. So you see Mikhail goes into the school. Um, this is the major school in Winden, the same high school that all the children goes go to. And he, uh, when he first goes in there, he meets Hannah and Katharina. He's asking for um, information about um, if anybody knows Ulrich Nielsen. Um, so we have that moment where he's having that conversation with Katharina and. Hannah, the most important thing is that Hannah is very upfront and, and wants to help Mikhail to, to to find the people that he's looking for. But then Katharina, we see her, she has a kind of a tough exterior in 1986. Um, and she automatically starts to bully, unfortunately, Mikhail and pushes him saying, no, we can't help you, go away. And once Mikhail goes away, there's this, there's a moment where Katharina is talking to Hannah and she tells her that, you know, you're already a weirdo as it is. I, I can't always be covering up for you. So we see that she kind of thinks of, of herself as being um, the big sister to Hannah to, to make sure that to protect her so she can maintain her status whatever that status is in the, in the high school society. So we see Hannah is not as popular as Katharina, but then Katharina takes it upon herself to always look out for, um, for Hannah. So they have this interesting relationship between the two of them. Um, but then, you know, we know that it shows that Katharina is very, very conscious of trying to help Hannah, but then it doesn't always come through that Hannah feels the same for Katharina. So it almost like there is a, a back and forth between the two of them, but then you can kind of understand because Katharina throughout the entire time as a, in 1986, she is a bully. Um, so she's always kind of a very big bully to everyone, it, but she's very nice to Hannah. Hannah is always her friend, even though she's very, she, you can see the disparity, one is big, one is small, but she's always looking out for Hannah. So I, I found it very interesting to have that conversation, to learn about the dynamics within this relationship. Uh, what else can I 
stuck out to you, China Kenyon? What stood out to me is, um, has a lot to do with Mikkel. Mikkel plays like a very prominent role in this um, episode, seeing mm -hmm. as how he's the one who's time traveled into 1986 inadvertently. Um, and he kind of <laughs> breaks into his house, but in the wrong decade. And so his grandmother's on the couch, um, depressed because this is at the time in 1986 where her son Mads is missing. And there is a commercial that's playing on the TV screen of a candy bar known as the Radar Bar, which for the audience is the exact same candy bar as a Twix. It was just called Radar before it became Twix in 1991. So, um... Anyway, he breaks into the house. He's like obviously searching for his family, speaks to the grandmother. The grandmother is distraught because A, she doesn't recognize him because he hasn't been born yet for her. So she's like, who the heck are you? And she's like, do you know Mads? Do you know where he is? And he's like, ah, you're hurting me. Leave me alone. Um, as, and then he flees the scene. Um, so he's gone to the house. He also checks for his parents at the school. He goes to the police station where he encounters Egan Tiedemann who thinks that he's trying to pull a prank because he's like, yeah, my dad is uh, my dad is Ulrich Nielsen, who in 86 is like this teenage punk to Egon. And he's like, oh my gosh, not another incident with this kid. Um, he also, what else does Mikkel do? Um, in his interaction with Egon in the police station, he's left in the office, looks through these newspaper clippings that mention Mads' disappearance, and it kind of dawns on him the severity of his situation, like he is not in 2019 anymore. And he dials a number that kind of confirms the fact that he's not no longer within his proper timeline because no one answers, and then the there's the dial tone that's pretty much like the number is out of service. The number is disconnected. Ulrich uh, is, of course, in 2019 looking for Mikkel, who's in 1986. And in his search, he ends up in the cave with a flashlight. And he uses a crowbar to open up some door within the cave that has this caution symbol from the nuclear power plant. And in all his banging, he it kind of triggers to Mikkel, who escaped from the hospital, <laughs> to go through the caves because he's a, he's aware that somehow the time travel is connected to the caves. So he's like, maybe if I enter the caves again, I can get back home. So he and Mikkel in 1986 in the caves slips, hurts himself, hurts himself in the leg and is stuck, and he starts screaming for help, but he hears the banging. So then Ulrich thinks he hears someone screaming so they're calling each other's name but they're in the wrong timeline but they are hearing each other because they're in the correct space where the time traveling is happening which is just a huge trip for us as like viewers like wow they're so close but so far yeah you really almost wished that something could connect them because they're just that close together it is really a very powerful moment i agree yeah, but yeah, that was one of my favorite moments um, in the series. Series? 
Yeah, <laughs> we've only done season one, but yeah. Yeah, that was one of my favorite parts so far because it's just like you know, for them. It reminded me of um, oh, there's this movie. It reminded me of that movie um where I think Sandra Bullock is in there where um they she communicates with within two timelines where they communicated through the mailbox. Um, putting letters. Does anybody know what the movie is? No, no. You've never seen that? I have yeah. To my friend Google to find that out. <laughs> yeah, there is this movie where um, um, I think it's Sandra Bullock that's in there, but she she buys a house, and in the house that she's living in, she finds these letters in the ma mailbox from the previous owner, and she was, you know, reading through it and almost wrote, like, a response, put it in the mailbox, but then it goes to the previous time, like, kind of treading that timeline divide thing. The and lake house. The lake house, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was yeah, about to say. Exactly. So that moment kind of reminded me of that where you really just want them to be able to connect and meet right then and there because they're so close. They're in the same place at the same, the exact same place, but just not at the same time. So it's very touching that moment to me. Yeah. All right, viewers, you know what that sound means? It is time to play a game. What game are we playing, Witfix? We are playing Candy Crush. Candy Crush with characters. All right. <laughs> and Excel, which character are we playing Candy Crush with today? Okay, so this time we're going to play Candy Crush Hannah Audition. What candy would Hannah be to any one of us? And then once we've discussed it, we're going to come to a consensus as to what kind of candy Hannah is. I'm going to throw this back onto Witfix. What is Hannah to you? All right, all right, all right. Hannah, banana. Because she cried. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> Hannah to me is licorice because nobody likes mm. licorice. I don't even know why they make it. Like, does anybody <laughs> like licorice? Hannah's just like... You know, I feel like licorice is kind of one of those candies where you're not really sure about it. It looks like it could taste good, but it don't taste good. Mm. And Hannah, we don't like her. She's we don't like her. I agree. She's we don't like Hannah. Person. She's not a good character. Yeah, uh, she's not a good character. But I think you, you're definitely onto something when you say that, you know, she looks like she could be good. But you're kind of Kenyan. All right. To me, in my head, she's a chocolate-covered ant. Ant like the insect. Ooh. And I'm going to say why. Okay, because... <laughs> Here's the thing. I understand that having chocolate-covered insects can be a delicacy, or even, like, frying insects can be a delicacy in some cuisines, but I'm using specifically the American palate. Um, covering stuff in chocolate, like, people love chocolate. Like, chocolate yeah, is sweet do. or whatever, and Hannah appears to be sweet. Yeah. Something sinister under... Under, you know, under that exterior, like what Woodfix mm -hmm. was saying about, like, it seems like sweet with licorice, but the taste leaves something bad in your mouth. The chocolate, yeah. it would be, like, seems sweet, but then, like, what ants are, like, um, they, they're on the, they're on the ground, they, they burrow into the soil, they're low down and dirty, and that's how she rubs me. I think she's just low down and dirty, this lady. Mm, I, yeah, I can get that, I can get that. 
Now, to me, she's more like a Sour Patch Kid, you know, and it's the same reason. We're all thinking the same thing. She looks really nice on the outside. Like, when we first met her, no no negative emotions at all. I was like, oh, she's, it's so sad, you know, her husband killed her, killed himself. She's left with her kid by herself, you know. But I have to admit, the fact that we encounter her in the middle of an affair kind of threw me off, too. So that's why I was like, mm, I'm, do I completely feel bad for her? Maybe not. So I have to agree. She's kind of, the inside is rotten. You don't like it. And I don't like sour things. So that's why I said sour patch because it's sweet, but then it goes to sour. And I'm not a sour kind of person. Hmm. Okay, let's vote. Um, final decision. With fix. Who are you voting for? Licorice, chocolate covered ant, sour patch kid. Licorice. Licorice, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Same reason. Okay. Licorice. <laughs> How about you, kind of Kenyan? Licorice, co um, chocolate covered ant, or sour patch? I'm going to switch, I think, to licorice simply because I'm not a huge fan of the fact that, you know, I don't want to disrespect other people's culture if they, they, they like, if the chocolate-covered ants are a delicacy there. So I'm like, I'm going to respect them. And I'm going to use yeah. the candy that we know over here and this licorice, and most people don't F with that. So Yeah, yeah. nobody likes licorice. You know what? I'm going to have to agree. I think it's a consensus because um, she's, she's just nasty. Okay? She's a nasty candy. Nobody likes licorice. Unless, if, if there's a listener that does like licorice, do let us know. Okay? Uh, we would like to know if you really, if you like licorice, but for now, she's going to stay as a licorice. I think we're all in agreement. All right. So, that is the end of the game. <laughs> Congratulations to Licorice. Hannah is a licorice. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Hannah is licorice. And um, I'm going to pat myself on the back. So I'm, just kidding. I'm just kidding. And One uh, point yeah. for Whitfix. You know what? We should keep tabs. Yeah, so she has two then. Whitfix has two points now. Oh, then this makes two two points for Whitfix. Two, two, two weeks in a row that we've had oh, to um, yeah. give you the points. Good and then licorice, yeah. Bubblegum and licorice, dang. Okay, you're winning, you're winning. I know my candies. Like, That's going to switch, though, I, I promise. I'm going to get you guys. I'm going to get it. All right. <laughs> Is that a challenge? It's a yeah. challenge. That's my competitive nature now coming out. Yes, my competitive I'm going to, you know what? Next time I'm going to come up with a better argument for my candy. There we go. Competition is good. Hey, okay, listener. Let's get back to our regularly scheduled programming. Um, what about you, um, Griffix? What else stood out to you? What about me? I know, I'm just kidding. Um, a lot stood out to me, actually. Um, give me a second. Okay. So, um, there was a lot that stood out to me actually um let me see so i mean i'm gonna i guess kind of focus on like the the teedmans but um 
the oh man where do i start <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot that happened in this episode that i want to talk about okay so um i think one of the first instances is where we see claudia and regina in the car and um, one of the things that i noticed that um claudia says the future belongs to the bold which i thought was interesting at the interesting for her to say but she was also like i mean as a mother would kind of like harping on regina's appearance telling her you know, she needs to comb her hair. She looks like a limp dish rag. And, you know, how Regina presents herself is important to her because she, Claudia, had just gotten a new role um, in the power plant. And so she's, you know, she's the first woman on the board. And it, it means a lot, right? Um, her position means a lot. And, um, and it's a, she said it's a huge deal for her. Um, and one of the key things, one of the one of the key things that happens is that Helga um, meets Claudia at some point, and he gives her a book called I, I think the book is called the Journey the the Journey Through Time. Um, but uh, then another key thing that happens in the episode is that the there's a field of dead sheep, <laughs> and so. Um, the chief inspector Tiedman, uh, Egon Tiedman, he goes to investigate, obviously. And so we find out that there are 33 sheep that are killed. And the number three, as we know, is um, important. It comes up frequently. And the farmer says, uh, and I quote, be on guard, be alert. And he quotes the Gospel of Mark, uh, chapter 13, verse 33. There's that three number again. Um, and Officer Tiedman, you know, obviously was suspicious of this, like wondering how this happened. Um, but later on, when he's talking to Mikkel and Mikkel is asking where his parents are and he says Ulrich is his father, uh, Officer Tiedman, you know, thinks it's a joke. Um, kind of Kenyon mentioned this earlier. Um, and he thinks that Mikkel was beat up by Ulrich and he eventually goes to the Ulrich or the Nielsen home to investigate. So when he goes to the Nielsen house, um, he eventually, you know, talks to Ulrich um, and he recited something um, before he asked about Mikkel, but um, in his interaction with Ulrich, he, Ulrich asks if uh, Officer Tiedman has been drinking, and then Officer Tiedman asks about Ulrich's brother Mads, because we know Mads is missing. Um, he also sees a hoof on the shelf, on Ulrich's shelf, and he obviously um, suspects that Ulrich had something to do with the sheep in the pasture. Um, and he also suspects, you know, as we know, that Ulrich had something to do with Mikkel even though neither are related to him. Uh, yeah. So, I don't know, there's a lot that happens with the Tiedmans in episode three, and it'll be interesting to see, like, the connection of those events to, like, what happens next. So, um, yeah. Yeah, um, uh, definitely a lot happened with the achievement in this episode. Um, you know, and another key thing 
that when you brought up um, about the power plant, uh, I, it gives us kind of the feeling that this the issue going on with the power plant, the, the fact that they've been having, they've been forging their numbers for the past six months may end up having further repercussions for Wyndon as a whole um, later on, because we do know that there's issues in, tw in 2019 which is where Mikhail is from. And then it, starting from 1986, we already have kind of shady information going on with the power plant. And I think the most powerful scene is, um, is when we see close to the end of the episode where they're showing us um, all the characters in, in 1986 and who they correspond to in 2019. Um, one of the very powerful scenes is that they show younger Regina um, Tiedman and kind of dolling herself up. You see that her, because we know that in 1986 she was, she's not the the most popular girl. But then we see this image of her putting on makeup, trying to change her look. And then we see an older version of her and it, the older Regina is then shown doing a breast exam and she has a very shocked look as if she found something. Um, so I think that there's a lot more going on to what Claudia discovered with the wall of um, nuclear waste containers. Maybe this is leaking and affecting the Winden as a whole further in 2019. I think that that may have some kind of impact. Just seeing looking at the people 1986 and 2019, I feel like that is definitely gonna have some impact, um, at least to Claudia um, and Regina, if anybody else, because we know her mother is aware of the issues going on with the power plant, um, but how does that impact Claudia having um, a family that's in constant contact with this nuclear waste. Maybe that's another avenue that we can think about. Claudia did go into that area, which even if the, the nuclear waste is in the container, that doesn't keep it from, completely keep it from radiating out, right? So we know um, the numbers are, are still not making sense. So that tells me that there is some nuclear imbalance in this place. So how it's going to play out, how it's going to affect the, pe the people later on, I think is definitely going to affect the 2019 in some way, right? Yes, because one thing invariably leads to another thing another. and then causes additional issues. One the domino thing, effect. Exactly, the domino effect. Yeah. Well, two more things I'd like to mention is, um, when Mikkel is in the hospital after having, you know, um, gotten, not injured in the cave once he, like, escapes again, but um, after he's gone to the police station, he ends up in the hospital for a checkup, and he's kind of left mute. Nurse Conwald reviews his papers and notices he doesn't have a name on the list um, or in his documents, and so when he finally, like, opens up, he says that he comes from the future, and Nurse Conwald looks at the book and notices that 
the comic that was there was a comic of Captain Future, and she has this face of concern on her, which leads us to believe one of two things. She's like, this child experienced something extremely traumatic, which we as viewers are like, yeah, he time traveled outside of his timeline, and he has not yet to come back home, and he's just scared. <laughs> so she has that face of concern, but also like, or is he just overly imaginative and there's something else going on? Like, it, it could be like concern slash intrigue. We're not sure. And um, also building on what Excel mentioned about the lake house and Sandra Bullock and communicating across different times, but through a particular po portal. Um, that reminded me of another show that does that. Um, it's called, it's from Colombia, it's called Siempre Bruja, uh, Always a Witch. And they communicate through letters as well, but through like some, it's not a crawl space, I don't know what to call it. It's like a crease in the wall. I, yeah. <laughs> they, they communicate through some piece of the, some piece in the wall, like a hole in the wall with letters. So not the first time we've seen communication across um, timelines. timelines per se, or mm -hmm. like th this play with time, but mm -hmm. definitely, at least like for me, um, a play with timelines that like affect one another very deeply. <laughs> I don't know if that yeah. makes no, no, it does make sense because I'm thinking, I don't remember what book it is, but I'm even thinking about a, a book where they, where the character, or a couple of different books actually, where the characters like um, crossed timelines. Like, um, I really wish I could remember the book that I have in mind. I'll try to go back off offline and, um, um, and find it, but this whole idea of the ability to cross timelines is definitely not new. And as I was watching, I was thinking about like the theories that people have about like parallel realities or quantum, like people call it like quantum jumping. And just like there's this theory that there are multiple realities or universes and you can kind of like jump. From one to the other? Jump, Yeah, jump timelines or like kind of tap into other timelines and and integrate or have that experience although it's a little bit different than than these because these are like you know you actually like went back in time <laughs> but um but yeah this whole idea of time travel is definitely not new and so um it's interesting to see how dark is taking taking um taking this on in a seemingly mm -hmm. like new new concept like a new way of taking on like time travel. Right, like making it a potential intergenerational thing that has an effect on both the whatever present time it is. So it's 2019, 1986. Mm -hmm. So is 1986 affecting 2019? 2019 affecting 1986? Are they both affecting each other? Like what is going on? Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, all of the all of the timelines are, and then even that notion of like you know whenever we watch shows and stuff, and they're talking about like oh you went to the past, make sure you don't change anything because it's gonna alter, yeah, you know, it's gonna alter like everything, that. and just kind of seeing how like okay, well now you have this young character and his father who who are traveling timelines, and you know they know they're traveling timelines, and just kind of like mm, how's that gonna play out later on in the in the upcoming episodes because like 
they're human, so there's no way they're not gonna, like, there's no way that they're not gonna be in alternate timelines and things not shift. Like, that wouldn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Sorry, that timeline thing also reminded me of the butterfly effect and how, like, mm. we're mentioning, yeah, whenever you have, the movie with Ashton Kutcher in it, like, mm-hmm. that variation of it. I like that movie. Right. Yeah, it was great, but it was so sad because he kept trying to change particular events, but it didn't necessarily, like, affect the happiness and he had to keep going back in time back in mm-hmm. time until he has to finally go like you know what it's me who's the problem which kind of like ties into what excel has said before in previous episodes it's like jonas is the problem <laughs> yeah and that's exactly what yeah. I, you know that's what i'm saying is that anytime that we are dealing with um because if okay take this this example for example for within this episode we know that Mikael ends up in the wrong time frame. So, um, going back in in twenty, I'm sorry, from 2019 till 1986. So, if are the people in 19 in 1986 the problem, or is he the problem? Honestly, if you go back in time, he would be the differentiator. So he shouldn't be within that time frame. If he ends up staying there. Um, occupying, building any relationships, even talking to any of the people there, it, it's going to impact their, tra- you know, their life later on. Yeah. So, I have a problem with, um, that's why my initial thought is that whoever is time traveling is the problem. Yeah. It's just quit meddling. But we know business. <laughs> but we know he does meddle we know he does like he obviously does have like it it was unavoidable to be honest but we know that he he ends up impacting that 1986 86 yeah we know that he ends up impacting that 1986 timeline though like nobody knows it but him (laughs) um yeah If you enjoyed this episode of What's the Name, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you stream your podcasts. Most importantly, make sure you share, because sharing is caring. Only if you want to. But we'd really appreciate it if you did. Bye. 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 Royalty-free music from Ben Sound.